0: people truly how good Christ is. My question this morning to each and every one of you is just this. How is Christ exciting in your life? Maybe you've never picked up your cross and followed after him. Maybe you've never denied yourself as the scripture says and I preached a couple weeks ago. Letting go of things in your life that hinder you from having a closer walk with Christ. Matthew 5 says let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and to do what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. You're saying, Preacher, it's Thanksgiving. Where are we going with this follow? And, uh, you know, I love the old little song, and I'll tell you in just a minute. I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. And then, The kids all get excited and they say, if you follow me. And then they repeat, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. How many of you would say, it's been the greatest journey of my lifetime to follow Christ? Hallelujah. But second of all, we can raise our other hand and say, it's been difficult. Yep. Thanks, Patrick. And uh, and so we all know that there are going to be circumstances. Satan is a hater. He's always under set, under attack. First Peter five eight, we must resist him. We were talking about that this morning in our discipleship class. Be careful. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion, seeking about whom he may devour. But I got to tell you, there are some great rewards by following Christ, by living our life in Him. I love, I'm 41 years of age and I love and I rejoice every day that I get to wake up and live in victory. No longer do I have to be a victim of sin. I can live in victory because of the cross of Calvary. This morning I want you to get excited and realize that you too no longer have to be in bondage to the sin of this world, but you too can follow after Him. We always say, okay, we're going to pick up the cross, we're going to follow after Him. But preacher, what is it we do next? We evangelize. We get excited. And let me explain this to you. I understand none of us are perfect. And a lot of us have some hang-ups and some habits and some hurts in our life that make us who we are in this earthly vessel of ours. But we must also realize, but in Christ we're a new creature, a new creation. And people need to see that. And I have to say sometimes I think uh, it creeps up within us we sometimes become what we were around, the circumstances and situations. But God wants to deliver you from that. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in this world. I love this story of being a fisher of men. On Tuesday, the Lord said, I want you to incorporate becoming a fisher of men. And this morning, a lot of you were saying, but I have never really noticed, Pastor, ropes or something all over the operation christmas child boxes that's kind of different and uh but i was sitting in my my sitting room study prayer room where we have our devotions and i have this picture up on the wall and i love this picture because and i took it down and i wanted to share this with you every room in my house has the picture of christ if you've ever been in our house you'll know that i love going in every room and i think it's a reminder to me just what he did for us and the reminder that I need to continue to cast my nets and I need to continue to follow after him. But I was sitting there and I said, you know, Lord, how can I have more attributes like you? What can I do? And, you know, we're, we're embarking upon where the Relay Center for Operation Christmas Child is. Those will bring boxes in this place will be full of boxes here um, within a couple of weeks as we'll be having a collection day at, at Chick-fil-A. It's a wonderful time. And, and I just want to thank you. Um, Renee for her commitment and devotion and dedication, her and Donnie to um, Operation Christmas Child and, and fulfilling that calling and ministry. But as I was sitting there, I thought, you know, it, it's just like Christ. He's always telling us to go evangelize, to cast our nets and to do something different. Normally in October, November of every year, I always talk about building an ark, doing an act of random kindness and showing people that truly you have Christ in your life and, you know, going over and above and saying, You know what? Buying a meal or handing somebody some money or, you know what? If God prompts it in your heart, it's not yours to begin with. You give it away. He wants to use you in that capacity. See, there were these men that were on the boat, and I'm going to get to them in just a minute. And all Jesus said was, "Cast your nets. And they're like, are you kidding me? We're just done cleaning them out. And you have to understand that the nets had weights that were around them and so they would put them in there so it would go down around the fish and then they would draw it in. And they're like, really, are you kidding me? And you know what's amazing? I think sometimes we don't realize around the picture who was there, who was watching. We all watch and we see and we experience the miracles of Christ. We experience what we've seen in His Word, but we fail to live our life Faith based. But isn't that the premise of our Christian life? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. We must live our life in Him. I'm going to read with you. Let's go and, and go ahead and read. We're going to start again with verse 18 of Matthew 4. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, they saw two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, and his ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately did what? They left their ship and their father and followed him. Now I want you to turn over in Mark chapter 1. That's Matthew, Mark. And I always love the Gospels because I always say in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... They're all stories written from different parts of the room. For example, Pat's gonna see things differently from his side of the room than Jeremy's going to see sitting in the back of the room, versus what Myrma and uh, Wendy might see from sitting in the back row. Everybody has a different perspective, and I always like to see from God's word in the gospels what was noticed through his word. So then we go to Matthew, I mean Mark chapter one, verse fourteen. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now, as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets. They left their nets and followed him, and we had gone a little farther thence. He saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. Now, do you think all of a sudden he just walked by and said, Hey, you, follow me. Hey, you, follow me. And they said, Certainly. I'll just follow a stranger. They didn't do that. They saw the works of Christ. And then they chose to follow Him. This morning, think about how the Lord's going to do a work in your life. And are you ready to, to follow Him? Are you ready to evangelize? Are you ready to start revival in and through the church? And, uh, and, do, and allow Him to do a work in and through you. This morning, He wants you to be a fisher of men. He's just waiting for you to cast your net. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and I I just thank you, Father, that this morning we can preach your word. And, Father, I pray that you'll just, as I said this morning with Pastor Jerry, set me aside, put me in the shadows. And, Father, I just want to call upon your name to speak through me, allow your word to minister to all of us. And, Father, may your word not come back void, but may it prosper. Thank you for your holy word this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. In seeking to understand this command, I want us to ask and answer five questions. One, what does it mean to follow Jesus? How does fishing for men relate to following Christ? How are we to compare fishing to reaching people for Jesus? What does it require to follow Jesus? And what is the single most important thing we can do as Christians? Number one, he says this. What does it mean to follow Jesus? He says, follow me. It's not the invitation to be saved. It is the call of the believer to service. It is no small decision to follow Jesus. It is possible to have heard the Lord's teaching and still not be a disciple, to be a camp follower without being a soldier, to be a hanger-on in some great work without pulling one's weight. To follow Christ is to set aside our own goals and our own pleasures and to embrace the purposes for which God created us. Those purposes are to what? To know Him in a personal way and to make disciples of others by teaching them all of Christ's commands. All those who truly follow Christ must exchange their affections, their goals, and their priorities for His. When Jesus called Peter and Andrew, their goal was to be successful fishermen. In asking them to forsake this goal, He commanded them to follow Him and He would make them fishers of men's souls. Jesus did not simply command his disciples to become fishers of men, but rather he promised to make them fishers of men. Here's what the, he said Leave everything you have. How many of you like what you're doing in your career, in your trade? Welcome to America. I figured there'd probably be five, and I got a little bit more than I had expected. But uh, some of us would say, Yes, we're working to make a living for our family. Most of us would say, I love what I do. I have a passion for that. But it's difficult to say, if God came to you and said, do his work, are you ready and are you willing to surrender your all and to follow him? You know, I'll never forget for 15 years as I was an associate pastor. And, uh, and really, truly, I'm confessing my sin. It was so nice to be underneath the armpit of a pastor. It was because for me, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so, I thought so, I thought that was coming from my associate pastor over here. But anyhow, anyhow, and so for me, it was, you know, it was exciting because I didn't have to take the heat as what I call And I'm like, Lord, you know, there's, there's so much responsibility with being a pastor. And, you know, I have a wife and four little girls. And, you know, I have a business that I'm running. And, you know, it's just so encompassing. And people don't like me all the time. And he said, well, guess what? People didn't like me when I walked on the earth. Right in front of him, he performed healings and miracles. He did things for people to see. We're living by faith. But I got to tell you something. I remember that day when I was weeping and my face was in the carpet and God said, surrender now. And I surrendered and praise God for New Hope Christian Fellowship. And all of you that continue to evangelize and disciple and and win souls for Jesus Christ. Because that day I got up, I said the old song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I've lost some very dear friends by being in the ministry, by standing firm on what I believe through the word. But listen, church. I don't know what you're going through, but you must realize that you've got to count the cost of following Christ. Be passionate about who he is and realizing that, you know what? Have you really totally and fully surrendered to do his work? Have you said today I have decided to follow him? I'm going to forsake all and I'm going to continue to follow him. And I will tell you, since that day, it was kind of bad underneath the armpit of that associate pastor especially if they never wore underarm deodorant or a right guard. But anyhow, uh, just get, But I know for myself that now the rewards and the blessings, sure, there's been hardship and heartache pastoring, but it has been such a joy serving God. When I saw 10 come to Christ and know Him as personal Lord and Savior, get baptized in those waters, do you understand The joy that overcomes me. Do you understand we've had over a hundred people baptized in six years at New Hope Christian Fellowship? Praise God. That's wonderful. But we have to let go and let God start to do a work in us. We have to get excited about the message that God has for us through His Son Jesus Christ so that we can evangelize and get people excited about following Him. Snoring and yawning, and doing nothing for him, we ain't the church of St. Mattress. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Get in here and worship. The people that are in this room, they need you. They need that encouragement. What's the cost? What does it mean to follow him? Second, how does fishing for men relate to following Christ? The common common image of a fisherman in our day is of a man with a fishing pole casting a lure into the waters of a stream or a lake. However... Such was not the case when Jesus called his disciples. They caught men with nets, and by experience they found that their best fishing took place at night. We know that this is true by look, looking at Luke 5.5, 5, when Jesus told Peter to cast his nets on the other side of the boat. He said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. How did they fish at night? He used a very powerful and effective method, light. Fish were attracted to it. I remember as a little boy, we would always go, me and my stepdad, Ray, and um, we would always go at night. And he'd say, okay, now I'm going to wake you up about, you know, 3 o'clock. So we get out there right when it's starting to get dark out. And how many of you ever put out, like, catfish lures, you know, where you put the, the milk jug and you put the string on there with the bait? And um, You know, I know that's probably southern style. I don't come too far south from Edinburgh, Ohio. So I don't know how far south that is. But anyhow, so we went to West Branch Lake. <laughs> And we would go around, and we put the jug, the and uh, then the string on it with the bait. And we would go back, and, you know, a lot of times it would be in the middle of the night or early before it got light out. And sometimes we'd have catfish. Now, I'm not telling you a fish story. This is the truth. Catfish that were huge. And uh, they were big, weren't they? And uh, <laughs> Jeremy, they were this big. And uh, not really. So we would catch it. Fish that that were just amazing. And I remember that oftentimes when we had the light, you would be able to see And sometimes fish would come to that surface with that light. Isn't it amazing as fishers of men, people want to see light in your life. They want to see the light of Jesus in and through your life. People cannot continue to see the light of Christ unless... You're representing him to others. Thy word is a what? Lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Thy words have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. We must realize that we need God to light the path for others. We need to be the light to a lost and dark, dark world. How are we to compare fishing to reaching people for Jesus? Jesus used the same effective method to draw people to himself. John tells us that Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Just as fish are attracted to the disciples' light, God wants people to be drawn to his light shining through his people. The light of every believer is the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Paul stated in his second letter of Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, he said, For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In verse 7 he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God may be of God and not of us. We are not the light. We merely reflect the light of Jesus. I, you know, we were at Emerge because um, where Jessica Jessica's one of the clinicians there and uh, counselors. She um, invited us to a taste of emerge, and uh, it was a wonderful. They did a lovely job. As Pat and Jessica were walking around with their black on trays with stuffed mushrooms, and man, they were so good. I think I had a lot. Seven. Thank you. <laughs> they kept coming over to me and said, "You want some stuffed mushrooms?" I said, "I'll have another one. I'll have another one. I'll have another one." And then we rounded the corner after taking a tour of the building and. There they had, like, was that prime rib? I don't know what it was. It was delicious. And then they had, like, chicken. Whatever it was, it was delicious. But, you know, sitting down and, and talking with everybody. Listen, there was a room that was just full, all of pastors. Do you know there's pastors that were there that were discouraged and depressed and facing some some hard issues within their church? It's my job as a pastor to continue to mirror the light of Christ to them, to give them the hope. Even though Pastor Jeff said, you know, you're, you're like the cool GQ pastor. And I still think he's all washed up. But anyhow, you know, really, all I want him to think is this. Man, preacher, Jesus shines in and through your life. That's what I want him to see in me. Sure. Am I honored that we can do something and talk about what God has done at New Hope in North Hill? Amen. But I want people to see Christ in my life. Don't you want when somebody sees you and meets you and they walk away they are so encouraged in their spirit they say, wow there is something different about that person than anybody I've ever met in my life. They really are a joy to be around. It's better than them Kicking a stone going, wow, that guy has no hope. That woman has no hope. No, to be fishers of men, we must mirror the image of Christ. Reflect our light to others. Let people see Christ in our lives. Number four, what does it require to follow Jesus? Matthew 4 was a call that required complete and immediate attachment for every el- for everyone else. Peter and Andrew left their nets suggesting that they left their present occupation. James and John left their father in verse 22, suggesting that following Christ takes precedence over even maintaining close proximity to our family. The requirement for following Jesus are not the same for everyone. For some, it means leaving their present occupations to follow him. For others, it means a willing to leave family connections and being close to family. But for everyone, it is a willingness to exchange their affections, their goals, and their priorities for His. Listen carefully to the statement I'm about to make because I do not want you to misunderstand me. The worst thing in life may not be that we fail. The greatest failures occur when we succeed in areas that are not God's will for our lives and are not true to the clear teaching of Scripture. Success that keeps us from pursuing God's real plan for our lives. The worst thing in life is not failing, but succeeding in a worldly pursuit, having left Christ out of our lives. Church, it would sadden me and grieve my spirit, and it does even when I see people walk away from the fellowship of Christ. Today, I want to encourage you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ to have a relationship that people can see Christ in your life what is the single most important thing we can do as Christians when we learn that someone is dying what is the single most important topic on our minds when my dad was passing I don't think it was just me I think it was Chris, it was Tracy, it was Deanna it was all of us going is he saved is he saved for sure I mean, I know we've gone over this five times, but we need to find out for certain. Is he saved? Does he know the Lord as his personal Savior? What this should remind us of is that what really matters in life is what we are most concerned about at death. Whether or not people know Jesus Christ. When some, when is dying, nothing else really matters, does it? But eternity. There have been times in the life of every Christian when he or she recognizes that the greatest thing he could do with his life was to get someone else to Christ. It may be today that Christ wants you to recommit yourself to reaching someone for Christ. Perhaps it is someone that you have given up on. If you ever really stop to realize that Jesus wants you to be someone whose heart is moved to reach out to the lost people around you. You know... I was noticing in these scriptures as I conclude. I I wanted to make it simple, but yet I wanted the Word of God to convict your heart. And in John 21, after everything that took place, Simon Peter saw over and over and over and over the miracles and the works of Christ. He saw in Jesus' life what took place. It was visual. It was tangible. He could feel it. He could touch it. But when Jesus asked him this important question, there's two words in the Greek. Phileo and agape. Agape. One means an affectionate love and one means an irritant love, a passionate love. And he looked at Peter and said, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord. Understanding, recognizing his messiahship, you know that I love you. Now, wait a minute. You know, Jesus knew right then where his heart was at. He knew exactly what motivated him? The thing that I think is so pivotal, when I think of casting the net, and I think of fishing, I think of right away, Simon Peter must have stood back in the crowd and was one of those spectators who kept going, hmm. And isn't it amazing that in Scripture he's also known as the rock? You know, I mean, if you go through through Scriptures and look at Simon Peter's life, it's just it's unbelievable. But I always think that, you know, it's great to follow along close to somebody because they're doing it, you want to do it. But I think all along that we as individuals must realize not what everyone else is doing, but what our relationship is to Him. So Simon Peter looked at him and said, You you know I love you, Lord. He said, really? Simon, I'm going to ask you a question again. Do you really love me? Simon probably stood there and he pondered, scratched his head, took a couple cell phone calls, looked at him and said, you you know I love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love you. Why did Jesus ask him the third time? Because he looked at him again and he said, Now I'm going to ask you for this final last time knowing that what happened? When the cock would crow three times, he would be denied. He knew it. So he just wanted to see truly where his heart was at. And he looked at him. And I think that, that Jesus Christ, within the depths of his being, looked at him with all he had and said, Peter, can I ask you this question? Put yourself as if if he, God was asking you the question today. Or if Jesus was asking you the question, how would you answer this question by how you've lived your life and by what you've done? And he looked at him and he said, I'm going to ask you for the final time. This will be it. Do you truly love me? Do you? Simon Peter looked at him and said, You know, I love you. And then he said, Then go, feed my sheep. Go do the work that needs to be done. God is continually wanting us to do a work. Church, God wants to take you from where you're at. He wants to do a work in you if you'll just let him. Operation Christmas Child is here. You see that I made a makeshift net on top of the boxes. Because all you have to do is pick up a box, make a box, fill the box, then send the box. We've received a letter for the last three years from a little person that has received the box that we sent. Are we serious? Hold on a minute, church. Are we serious about following Him? I didn't ask you to be an Awana teacher. I didn't ask you to be head of hospitality. I didn't ask you. God wants you to follow Him. I hear this all the time. I do a box, preacher. But I just don't have the money because I'm broke, you see? Well, my thought is, why are we standing at Longhorn talking? No, life is a choice. And he takes, and he said, Cast your net. If one little person gets saved, that means more to me than anything. Because they have to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, they sit down every child. And I know. This is real because I'll share a letter with you in the upcoming weeks. That we, our family, has received a letter back from a little boy that said, Thank you for my gift. But they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is it? That Jesus died for them. Realize you're a sinner, that he shed his blood upon Calvary, and today you can have the hope. That's wonderful. Are we truly following Him if we're not sowing seed? If we're not casting our nets? If I would not have stopped what I was doing, listen to me, and said, I have a choice to make. I went to my wife and said, I feel the Lord leading. You need to get on your knees. You need to pray. I want us to be together as we follow the Lord because we didn't know what was ahead of us. But being in the Lord's army, there's a lot ahead of you. But I know for certain, we take every little project, hope, every little situation, and it's one person at a time. That's discipleship. That's the great command. Wouldn't it be great to have our net cast and not only see one little soul saved, but hundreds and thousands that would know the power of, And a true God. All because of a shoebox. If you have never embraced it, I want you to come here during Relay Week and watch people bring boxes in. It is unbelievable to me. Because people have to put $7 in a shoebox. And when I see people walk in, I'll go to Chick-fil-A and I see this woman every year. One boxes she delivers herself that's casting her net cause you know what she doesn't know what she's going to get in return she's living by faith he wants to make you a fisher of man will you do that will you trust in him this morning will you allow him to move within your heart and life and if you don't know Jesus Christ I want you to know him this morning Lay aside your personal ambition and plans in order to fully follow Christ. Purpose in your life to better reflect the light of Christ to those around you. Look for and take opportunities to share with others what Jesus has done for you. And then, send a shoebox. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ go around the world. And then last, I want you to know That the Iwana program is wonderful. That's within your community. That's allowing little people to come and learn his word. That's casting our nets. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Have you decided today to follow him? Have you decided to turn your life over to him? Great reward. Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you that, Father, we can come to you and realize that in our sinful nature, we can't do anything. But in our new nature, we can do all things through Christ that gives us the strength. Father, I pray that you'll encourage us to continue to evangelize, to disciple. Father, I thank you for those that are here today. And if there's somebody here that don't know you as Lord and Savior, may they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to cast our nets. Help us to do a kind thing this week. Lord, I pray that Your Holy Spirit will speak to us and move within us to do a work, Father, that only You can do as we trust in You, as we step out by faith. Father God, thank You that, Lord, we could be encouraged to forsake all. And to become fishers of men. Father God, I pray that this morning. That as we come to the realization that Lord, we can't do anything without you. That Lord, you'll help us. And encourage us to spread the gospel. To win more souls for heaven. In this 2011. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.